Welcome to the second season of the Gutsy Health Podcast with Shanique Roney and Gina Warfel, where we share uncomplicated, practical, and affordable wellness education so you can be a self-healing champion. This episode is brought to you by the Gutsy Health Membership Program, a program that gives you inexpensive tools and resources to heal your mind, body, and soul. Visit our website at mygutsyhealth.com. Hey guys, welcome back to the Gutsy Health Podcast. This is Gina Warfel here today. If you guys have been checking out Janique's stories, she's on a fun little family vacation out in the water with their kids and they look so happy. It's so, so good to see their family getting so much good, loving, nourishing time together. So I'm going to roll with this one today. I have an amazing guest here and you guys are really going to love this. We're, I think we're going to really stretch our minds today. If you are a listener, you're probably really excited about reaching and growing and stretching and new ideas. And sometimes we push those edges. And I'm really excited because today I think we're going to push some of those edges beyond what we know. I'm really excited. I love when we have podcasts that I'm really excited to learn from. That's a little bit of a stretch and a reach for me. So today we have Lana Pribic. She is a life coach and she's also the, the host of a podcast called Modern Psychedelics. Is that right? Yeah. Great. And so I'm really excited to talk with her today. We're going to talk about how to get out of our own way with energy and mindset blocks that we have, because this is going to be great because I think the number one thing that our members or students in the Gutsy Health Academy say that the mindset is like the Achilles heel, right? We can learn all this stuff. We can do the things. We can do what we're supposed to. But that mindset is tricky. And we have an amazing mindset belief coach that works with our students. She's awesome. But having all these different types of coaches who can help us work through our mindset blocks can be so huge. I know for me, I think like with my health and change, getting out of my own way and my mindset was so huge. So today we're going to talk about how do you push past some of those blocks that we have when we know that we're holding ourselves back, how our own energy influences our success. And I think we might stretch and push some edges. And I know you go into the topic around psychedelics and have some expertise in that. And we get a lot of questions like psychedelics are kind of like the kale right now, you know, of personal <laughs> growth. So it's like, should I dabble in it? Should I not? And so I'm really excited to pick your brain today and just hear your thoughts and your expertise. So welcome, Lana. It's so good to have you here. Thank you. I'm super excited for our conversation. I feel like it's going to be a good one. Yeah, totally. So what do you think, just in your expertise, why do you think people get in their own way? What do you think is the challenge of where they're getting stuck? Yeah. Okay. Let's just go right in. Um, <laughs> I think that the model that I work with and the type of coaching that I do is core energy coaching. And I am like fully bought into this process. I fully believe in it. It makes so much sense to me. Mm -hmm. And according to that kind of model or way of thinking, it's really all about our core energy. And that's like the energy that is at the root of our thoughts, our belief systems, and our actions. And we can have core energy that is very supportive to mm -hmm. the things that we want to do in the world and the person that we want to be in the world and the things that we want to accomplish or, you know, how we want to show up. And then we can also have core energy that isn't so supportive and we can have core energy that holds us back. A lot of the time, if we're dealing with this type of energy, it is something that we picked up by default programming, either through childhood from our 
parents, from、mm-hmm. our teachers, from you know students that maybe like bullied us, from our peers, from social norms, society, pop culture can sometimes be picked up at a young age and. We just don't even question it, and it's like default, and it informs the way that we show up in the world. So,、totally. like, just going really, really nuclear, like, to like, if we're thinking of like a cell, like going right to the nucleus, like the core energy that you're holding there is、yeah. where it all begins. Totally, and I love this topic because, as I started to look at before I say this, would you say that beliefs and core energy is kind of the same thing, like synonymous? When we're talking about core energy, are you kind of talking about like beliefs? Not exactly, because beliefs themselves can、mm-hmm. have different energies, right? Like、mm-hmm. the beliefs that we hold can have more, what we say in core energy coaching, catabolic energy, which is destructive, like tearing down, works against you type of energy. Or beliefs can also be very, what we say. Anabolic, supportive, constructive, fueling, expansive. So it's all about like the nature of that core energy that kind of determines whether your beliefs are going to hold you back or move you forward. Does that make Interesting. sense? Interesting. Yeah. So I want to dive into like these core energies, but I'm really curious. How did you get into this? How did you? Were you the creator of this? Did you do a training? And like, what was your? How did you get into life coaching? I'm just, really, I'm curious about you as a being. Like, how did you develop these skills? And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I I did not create this. I went to a school that is kind of known as the Harvard of coaching schools in the、cool. coaching realm. It's called IPEC, the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching, and they have trademarked and researched this coaching methodology called Core Energy Coaching. And it revolves around seven levels of energy, and that's what this type of coaching is all about. It's about bringing awareness to the type of energy that we're bringing to a situation, and deciding: is this working for me? Is this working against me? If it's working against me, what are my options here? And I feel like. I don't know how spiritual or woo-woo your listeners are, but the more the more that I do this work, the more I kind of pull away from that kind of thinking, and I want to be able to like understand things in a very concrete way. And I feel like when we throw the word energy around, it's、yeah. kind of like I think it's fun to explore. Well, yeah, and I think that it's fun to go play in the woo and then come back and be like, okay, now what does this mean to me? I think we we have always been Jeanique and I both. We've both been very science people. We're like, we want to know the research. <laughs> It took me a long time to get on board with a lot of things that are like, you know, even anything, even like acupuncture. I'm like, if I don't understand how it works. I don't believe it, you know. And it took me a long time to. Re- I'm not saying that I don't believe in acupuncture now, but like we're so science based. But I think that I've come to realize there's so much I don't understand, and that it's fun to reach and stretch our minds beyond just what you know, whatever the science is just currently saying. And so I think it's fun. Let's go play in the woo today. Let's do that, and then let's break it down about like what does it mean. So yeah, I'd love to hear like what does energy mean to you, or how does that show up in life. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think on that note, a lot of the times we talk about this concept of energy, and it can sound very woo, and it can sound kind of like, "What the f do you actually mean by that? Like, what do you mean by energy?" And what I love about core energy coaching is that we actually have a very, very concrete, grounded 
logical explanation of what energy is. And the way that we kind of look at energy is it's perspective. It's our perspective of the world. It's the Mm -hmm. perspective that we choose to take on. So for example, at level one energy, the perspective of the world is that you are a victim to your life, that you are a victim. It's victim consciousness. You view everything as a victim. And therefore, as a result of taking on this energy or perspective or consciousness, you don't do much, right? Mm. Victims don't do much. Victims stay stuck. Whereas level, let's say, Five energy is the perspective or consciousness of opportunity, seeing opportunities instead of problem. It's like similar to a growth mindset, having a growth mindset. What is the opportunity here? What can I learn here? There's no winning or losing. There's only growing, right? So someone with level five energy with this perspective of the world is going to show up very differently. So do you see how it's very concrete? There's um, these thoughts that are associated with each energy level. There's feelings and there's actions that result from that. So it's not that woo-woo, actually. It's pretty concrete and grounded, which I love. Mm. So do you want to take us through, like, what are those seven energies that you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I'll quickly list it off. So, you know, like, level one is, like, victim consciousness, the life is happening to me and what's the point of doing anything therefore i'm not going to do anything level two energy is really categorized by conflict this is where we feel Mm. a lot of anger and resentment and we always want to be right and the world is very black and white so we really want to like we just we want to be right is is there a reason why you think people are get stuck in that place versus seeing things as opportunity like is there a certain childhood upbringing or is it situational is it just like why do you think people are in that put in that place i think a lot of it has to do with just not having awareness around it and Mm, it's just like so default so ingrained for whatever reason there could be a million reasons but it's just like most of us most of the time are operating on default programming to the point where like we don't even realize that there's another opportunity available for us and like what Mm -hmm. core energy coaching shows us is that like at any moment there's at least seven different opportunities for you of how you want to show up okay so let's move on to level three yeah so those are the catabolic destructive energies right so as we move up we become more anabolic more um fueling constructive so level three is really about you're starting to take more of a responsibility for your life, you're starting to consider others, it's really about cooperation. But it can have a lot of like, it can have a lot of rationalization and justification and tolerance. It's, it's the energy of it's fine. Mm. It's not ideal, but it's fine. And let's just keep moving forward for the sake of like, doing what we got to do. And then, then we reach level four, which is compassion, cooperation, caretaking. This is like the therapist energy. I feel like it's like the person who is the caregiver. The shadow side of it is that it's a bit of a people pleasing energy. And if you don't Mm. have boundaries and you're not taking care of yourself first, you're going to be sucked dry and probably go to level one from it. (laughs) And then level five, my favorite, I have a lot of level five energy is all about opportunity. Seeing Mm. opportunity, it's the growth mindset, you know, level five functioning people say like, okay, what can I learn here? What's the opportunity here? How can everyone win here? And it it really has like a sense of peace associated with it. And then we get to level six, which is kind of like unity consciousness. It's all about love. It's Mm. all about recognizing that we are all one. We're really reaching like high ego transcendence energies here. It's all about synthesis, 
joy. Like everyone truly wins because when you win, I win. And when I win, you win because we're all connected. It's kind of like psychedelic um, space. And then level seven is really, really difficult to operate at 100% of the time. It's complete ego transcendence. It's unconditional love. It's ecstasy. It's complete non-judgment and absolute passion for what you're doing. And it's really like, it's when we're really able to access that like genius, genius thinking. Mm, Interesting. So are we kind of striving to, might not be realistic to stay in that state, but we're kind of like striving for that state. Like what, what might that, can you give some examples for people who are kind of learning a little bit about like ego and what that means? Like, can you give some examples of what that might look like in real life that we want to have a, an energy around? How would that look like when you see people who are operating at a level seven energy or the stage seven energy, like how does that look in life? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole certification that I did after my original coaching certification is all about living life at the seventh level. And we say that people who are kind of like able to live life at the seventh level, quote unquote, they like really are able to tap into their highest levels of performance and potential. And I guess like show up as their best self. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, when you hear about that, like with core energy coaching, we do that by creating this anabolic level seven type of energy for ourselves. I hope I'm not using too much jargon for your listeners, but like we're really able to tap into, you know, non-judgment. We're able to see everything Mm. as like very neutral. Like Mm -hmm. we don't give meaning to things that it feels supportive to us. So like we give empowering meaning to things that happen. We kind of realize that everything is actually really neutral. Right. You know, I, it's just the meaning that we give it. So why don't we give meaning? Why don't we give an empowering meaning to things? Yes. And I actually, I had that realization just recently. I finished reading the book, The Inner Work. Have you read that one? I haven't. Is it good? It was good. It was kind of like, it was a, it's a great book. If you are just getting started in like unfolding and looking at like, what are my beliefs? What are my triggers? What do they mean? How do they how do they relate to my daily living? Like, it's really cool to give you that like process for starting to look at things. I thought it was actually a great book, but what's so cool is they talk about how in every situation we are in so much more choice over our experience to it than what we realize. And I think they gave the example, I don't remember the entire example and all the details, but they gave the example of like, okay, let's say you get like an electric bill and you can look at it through the lens of, this is happening to me. I have to pay this bill. I can't afford it. And you can look at it from a victim place. You can look at it from an angry place of they overcharge me. This is not fair. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That kind of thing. Or you can look at it as opportunity. Like I get this opportunity to support myself, take care of myself. You can look at it through gratitude as I'm grateful that I get electricity. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful that someone set up the service for me. So they showed like probably eight different maybe lenses or energies or that you could look at the same situation. And they did that again and again and again of looking at all these different situations and how you could be experiencing it. And I was like, man, that's true. I mean, life is ultimately neutral, like you said, and it's the meaning that we assign to it or how we choose to experience it. And what an empowering way to help people through life that you don't actually have to change what's happening. You just have to change your relationship to it. Yeah. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Mm. I love that quote. 
Beautiful. Yeah, it, it's so true. And like, the thing is that like the meaning that we give to situations that happen to us greatly impacts the results we get in life. Wow. That's amazing. So to move through these levels, so people are like, okay, I totally get where my mindset could be in a victim place, or I could be in this place of opportunity or full transcendence. How do you move people through levels? Is it simply awareness and choosing, or is there more work that's involved with that? Yeah. So, I mean, the clients that I work with, I now start every single client relationship with what's called an energy leadership index assessment. This is a research validated tool that actually tells people their unique, we say energetic profile, but like the way that these different energies show up for them and how much access to each one they get. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the first step is like awareness around the different types of energies and perspectives is the first step because without awareness, you can't even make a change. Awareness is like, 50% of the work. Yeah, that's 50% of the work. And then, you know, with situations that people bring to sessions with me, we just break it down. And we're like, okay, what's going on? What level of energy are you in right now? Mm -hmm. You know, like, where do you want to be? What are you willing to take accountability for? What are you willing to do next? What are you willing to make peace with? You know, it's all about choice. But we can't even come to choice without awareness. So I really, really want to empower my clients and the people that work with me to realize that they have so much choice. Yeah. And it all starts up here, pointing at my head. And I think that's so where a coach is, like you could not even put even a dollar amount truly on like the value of what a coach can do for you just to be able to pull you out of your own like mindset of where you presently are at and just say, hey, just to let you know, this is what you're choosing right now. Do you want to stay here? And to have that, I think, is is so valuable because I I know it's so easy for our minds to get pulled into a victim place or a bitter place or an angry place. And then we just stay stuck in there and we don't we can't see that 360 perspective. But just to have somebody else that you can trust, like reflect back to you like, hey, this is where you're at. You're choosing this. Do you want to choose this? Yeah. Yeah. A good coach is simply a mirror. Yeah. People think that coaches like give advice and like tell you yeah. what to do and right. advise you. That couldn't be further from the truth. A good mm-hmm. coach. A good coach. Yep. A I professional coach mm-hmm. never gives you advice. They just help you see that you actually have all of the answers within you and you yeah. are incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. So along the way, like So as people are doing this unfolding, they're having these awarenesses, they're being more proactive and choosing what they want. I know that you talk a lot about your path has been integrating psychedelics. What was that path like for you? Is it something that you recommend for people or how do you navigate and integrate that? Yeah, it's... Maybe just start by telling me your history with that. (laughs) Yeah, it's so... Once you're kind of like committed to doing the work and walking this path of whatever you want to call it, living your best life or Mm -hmm. I don't know, whatever people want to call it. Freedom, (laughs) you know, great self-awareness, healing, you know, whatever this path is, but it becomes difficult to separate the impact of one thing from the other. So it's Mm -hmm. like, sometimes I think like, okay, how much did my work with ayahuasca get me to where I am today? And how much did coaching get me to where I am today? And how much did therapy get me to where I am today? And like it all, what I'm realizing is that 
There's no like right or wrong mix. It's just about like the mix and the proportions and the modalities that feel good to you. Yeah, probably really feeling like what is right for you at the right time and not being a right or wrong answer, whether it's psychedelics or whether it's a great book that you read or it's breath work or it's meditation. It's like all these different paths lead to the same place of greater awareness, connection to self. But yeah, I know we've had some listeners who are like, is that the path I should take? Should I dabble in psychedelics? How should I do it? And, you know, it's, it's, this is, by the way, this is not a reflection of anything of gutsy health or our opinions. This is solely here. This is not a recommendation. You guys We're just solely here for learning and exploring and stretching. That being said, carry on. Yeah. Yeah. Always have to make that disclaimer. Right. Yeah. So I guess like the way that I got started with my work with psychedelics was actually recreational. And just because it was recreational doesn't mean that it was just like all about having fun, which I did mm-hmm. have, but it like kind of showed me, I mean, psychedelics like open your mind up in this way. I was watching, I finally got around to watching the How to Change Your Mind series. On I Netflix. heard that's great. I haven't seen it, but I heard it's amazing. It's pretty good. Yeah. I read the book years ago and it's a great place to start, but they have this interview with Albert Hoffman, who first synthesized and basically discovered LSD and was like the first person to take LSD in the 1930s. Well, the interviewer was like, 1934, the year that the atomic bomb was discovered, and the year that you discovered the atomic bomb for the mind. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's what it truly is. It's like, it is like an atomic bomb for your mind, It like allows you to just see the world, your place in the world, your perception in a completely different way. Mm. So even though I was having fun at the same time, like using psychedelics recreationally, it was working on my mind still. It was helping me to see things from a very different perspective. Interesting. Many different perspectives. So it kind of started off as that. And then in Around the middle of 2019, I got my heart broken Mm. and it was like my first really big heartbreak with like, you know, the person who I thought I was going to marry and like be with forever and like my first love. So that was very, very hard for me. And I did a lot of therapy and I even went to like the codependence anonymous meetings and like was doing the 12 steps for codependency. And I was just like really on my healing journey. And then I kind of reached this point where I was like, I need something else. I've kind of plateaued with my progress and ayahuasca had always been on my radar for at least a few years before that. So I kind of made the decision like, yep, it's time now. I very strongly felt the call, as we say, to do ayahuasca. And do you also just real quick wanna I want you to continue your story, but just give a little background on ayahuasca for anyone who has never heard of it or anything like that. Do you want to just sure. break down what it is and Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I will finish the story and then I will touch on that. So Great. yeah, so I actually just had my three year anniversary of drinking ayahuasca and actually finally just got what I've been looking for this whole time, which is kind of unbelievable still. But yeah, so that's kind of been the journey. And only now am I starting to integrate both like the ceremonial and healing use of psychedelics with the old way that I used to use them, which was like recreationally for fun and kind of like allowing them to both exist, but 
like I reunited with the dance floor this summer <laughs> and like, you know, had fun in that way. But it was like, as the new version of me who had done all this work and healed and wasn't trying to escape life. So that was like a huge shift. So, okay, I'll stop the story there. And then for ayahuasca, so ayahuasca is an Amazonian tea and Amazonian medicine that has been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And it is basically the bark and the vine. So it's the bark of the ayahuasca tree. It looks really cool if you Google it. It has like this really cool like pattern mm. and the charcuna leaves. And those are brewed together into the tea, into the ayahuasca brew. And it's used all over the Amazon in Peru, Brazil, Ecuador, Colombia, Costa Rica to facilitate spiritual growth, learning, healing, even healing of physical ailments. Like it is truly their medicine. Mm. And it is actually referred to as mother ayahuasca or grandmother ayahuasca. And it is a plant spirit, a plant teacher that just works in ways that no one will ever be able to fully comprehend. But yeah, it's yeah. a very beautiful ceremonial sacred medicine. So the reason why this podcast is here and created today is it was originally created by Tristan Roney, who is Johnny's husband, and he was diagnosed with cancer. I think he was 33 when he was diagnosed with cancer. And so as he began his healing journey, he started to realize that healing cancer was so much more than just nutrients and supplements and that there was a lot of inner work to be done. Yeah. And he had done ayahuasca and I think he talked about it and shared about it here on the podcast. And But just wow. being willing, so willing in the last year of his life to just fight for this inner exploration and it was so beautiful. He passed just over a year ago. Rest but it was, yeah, his message carries on so much to our listeners. And like, he still shows up. And I think one of the things was, it was so beautiful to watch him fight for himself and the difference in his energy and his vitality and his self-love as he shifted. Yes, the health aspect is really important. But when he really started unfolding and doing the inner work the last year or so of his life was so beautiful to witness. And I think his message really shifted towards you have one life to get out of your own way, to get out of your beliefs, to get out of these traumas, generational traumas that hold us back, that keep us low, that keep us thinking that we're wrong and and how beautiful just to have these experiences. And so I have not yet done ayahuasca, but it was beautiful to hear about his story of healing and unfolding. And I think he did have a hard experience, but I think sometimes the hard ones are necessary too. But, you know, I think for anyone who's feeling like, I don't want to do psychedelics, I'm, you know, that's scary or I'm skeptical or here in the States, most of it's illegal, right? So just important things to know, but like you guys, you can do the inner work in any modality that is calling you. It could be breath work. It could be meditation. It might be psychedelics for you. It might be therapy. It might be sitting in the quiet. We talk a lot about ketamine therapy on this podcast. So there's really no right or wrong answer, but just like feeling and trusting and what is the path that's going to keep going for you and where's it going to keep leading to that inner journey and so, yeah, thank you for sharing all of that. So you just came up on your third year anniversary. Yeah. How many times have you sat with ayahuasca? 
Yeah. So thanks for sharing that story. So beautiful. They, you know, like ayahuasca is, it's the path of the warrior. That's for sure. Because I believe that it truly takes calling out your inner warrior to sit with this medicine because it's not pleasant. It's not fun at all. I mean, yeah, is when it can be fun, but it like there's the vomiting, there's physical discomfort, there's fasting, it's very physically demanding. And it truly is a call of the spirit. Like it's a call of something beyond the human that makes you want to sit with this. And it sounds beautiful. He he really, he really had that. Yeah, she's a master teacher. She's a master plant. We have like, ayahuasca is the divine feminine master plant teacher. And we have iboga, which is another psychedelic, which is the divine masculine master healer. And those two together are just, which I have so much to teach humanity. You know, I, I don't remember if it was ayahuasca or iboga, but I remember one of my friends telling me, you, maybe you might have some thoughts on this, but it, the ceremony, it's so beautiful, but it's so hard because it will take like your deepest, darkest fears and show them to you to be healed and processed, but it'll show you all the, the cracks and crevices that you're not looking at. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, so psychedelics are, um, what you're touching on is they're nonspecific amplifiers. So they Mm. will amplify and nonspecific because it's different for everyone, but they will amplify and bring to the forefront that thing that you're not looking at, that thing that you are suppressing, while also bringing down our defense mechanisms and our ego mechanisms. Psychedelics distort the ego defenses um, Mm. enough to bring those walls down so that when that stuff does come to the foreground and is amplified, we are more willing to deal with it. We're Mm, able to deal with it. We're we're not fighting it and protecting ourselves from it. We're like fully experiencing it. Yes. And that's actually the healing. It's not the psychedelics themselves. It's what it does to your ego defenses. That is so interesting. You are the first person who has explained this in a way that I could understand when people talk about like ego death and how hard that experience is in psychedelic experiences. I didn't really fully understand what that means and why that's difficult. But if I'm hearing you right, you're saying that finally that ego protection, the ego is what protects us from thinking or seeing or experiencing certain things. So that ego defense mechanism drops. And then anything that is maybe things that we haven't looked at comes to the forefront to be seen, experienced, healed, which can be very uncomfortable and maybe possibly necessary. Yeah. Is that, is that right? Is that how you would explain yeah. that? That's yeah. the first time I've heard that in a way that I can like wrap my head around. Oh, yeah, I'm glad. And, you know, like the healing process that takes place in those moments is like, you can't, this is something that Tony Moss said on a modern psychedelics episode, but like, you can't let go of something that you don't hold. Mm. So like in that moment of healing, you're actually holding it and you're actually looking at it and you're taking care of it. Mm. And only then can you let it go, right? It's similar to that like idea, like you have to feel it to heal it. Right. The only way out is through. Yep. Right. In that moment, we're actually allowing ourselves to look at it and to hold it and to acknowledge it. Just That's beautiful. What are some other ways you think people can do that without psychedelics? Yeah, there's so many ways. Mm-hmm. There's so many ways. And like, I think like psychedelics work so well. Like, I am a medicine girl through and through, like cannabis, ayahuasca, like, it just is my path. It's just what I respond to. It's not everyone's path. There's so many options. Like I know there's like those like float tanks. 
that yes. can create a very similar I'm a big fan of float tanks yeah. have you ever oh had like a psychedelic experience on them I, you know, I've had one time where I was feeling and like seeing things. I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like I really, I was very intentional with like going into a meditation and I actually felt like I was seeing like some lights and feeling like energy movement in my body. But I would say that's not typical. I think that was only one time, but the way that I drop down into my body and like just get so connected and so peaceful and so quiet and then to feel the difference of how my body feels after that. I've also had some really interesting experiences come through where I got, it was interesting. My sister and I, this is just a quick story, but my sister and I used to really be going through a challenging relationship and we didn't speak to each other for about three years. And I was going through a lot of health issues at the time. And someone who I barely knew very well, he was like, we were talking about my health issues and he like was like, I think you need to heal the relationship with your sister. And he barely knew anything about my sister. And I was in a float tank and that message kept coming into me that was like, heal the relationship to your sister. And then I got out of the float tank and I had a missed call and a voicemail for my sister. And she was like crying and yeah. apologizing. So I have you these... shifted the energy. You oh. made the internal energy shift in that moment. And she responded Crazy. to that. Crazy. Yeah, that's so how wild. energy works. It's like, it's freaking instantaneous. Like when you truly create that inner shift, that inner energy shift, which I work with my clients to do, right? Shit can change like overnight for you. Yeah. Shit can change Instantly. in a second for you. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Once so yeah, the, inner I'm a big fan of float tank. If you guys have ever seen that, it's like the sensory deprivation where yeah. you can like float in water and it's dark and typically sometimes they have ones that have lights, but I like the ones that are pitch black, no sound and you just float. So yeah, the float tanks are great. What are some other examples that you have that people can yeah. connect deeper? I mean, I'm sure you cover so many of these on your podcast and like, it's not even a matter of like which one it's like the right combination for a person, right? Like mm -hmm. it's about like finding your toolkit. I think like, you know, there's breath work. That's a very, yes. very powerful. There's meditation. I personally hate meditation. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I don't do it, but you know, there's meditation, you know, you can like journaling is really yeah. big and like creating your support team for you, right? We yeah. can only do so much on our own and we can get so much further when we have a support team. So, you know, whatever that looks like for you, therapy, coaching, like spiritual healing, spiritual healers, um, even like working on the body, right? I would imagine that whatever you feel safe, like whatever container you feel safe. in, I would imagine like if you don't feel safe doing psychedelics, you're probably going to be like fighting it and freaking out and like battling your ego. You should or, be doing it then. <laughs> yeah. Or if you're, let's say you're journaling and you're like super judging yourself and you're like, oh, I have to make sure I spell right. And I did it all. Like you're probably not going to free flow. What is deeper in your subconscious that's holding you back. But like if you feel safe to not judge yourself and journal and you freehand and it's ugly and your handwriting's messed up and you spell the word wrong and you don't care to fix it and you just like freehand flow, you'll probably tap into like deeper layers of like yeah. what is holding you back. I would imagine like whatever you feel safest in is probably your modalities. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say like to an extent, cause like we don't know what we don't know until we know. Like yeah. <laughs> we don't like the unconscious mind is like it's really really challenging to bring awareness to it right until we really learn to kind of think in ways and like perceive things to really question our reality <laughs> yeah um but yeah i think like you know anything that feels i think it's always good to try things i think mm -hmm. it's always good to try things like 
in my most recent ceremony, the three year anniversary one, my shaman was like, okay, why don't you try this visualization? And I was like, ugh, like, yeah, like visualizations, like they don't really work for me. I've never been good at them, but I was like, hey, I'll try it. And then ended up being the thing that like healed my heart or like yep. that really was the catalyst for this healing that I was mm-hmm. looking for. So you never know. Yeah, I, I love trying new things and I, I'm a proponent of trying new things and shaking things up and seeing what sticks. It's like throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing yeah. what sticks. Can we also talk about too, like what is a good way of going about it? Should people just be like, oh, I got some psychedelics and I should just try it and, and have at it? Or like, can we talk a little bit about how do you make the most out of whether it's psychedelics or breath work or therapy or whatever modality you're using how do we learn how to make it an impactful experience versus just like, that was cool. Like, how do we actually use what we might call integrate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, going into any experience, and this is something that we do with psychedelics, but the power of intention and clarity before going into an experience is very powerful. Like, I mean, we see this even in scientific research, right? Like the what do they call it? The, like the observer effect or the, mm. the expectancy effect? Got it. Right? It's kind of like that. So having an intention going into an experience is one way to really make the most out of it. And, then- I, and I also just want to clarify too, the difference between intention and expectation. Mm-hmm. Also probably a key difference there of having an energetic intention of maybe would you say why you're there, but not having an expectation of what you're going to get out of it, kind of having some surrender at the same time. Yes. Yeah. I just wanted to bring that up because some people are new to the word intention and then bringing in the, I think you said it, is it expectation effect? Yeah. yeah. Um, Which totally makes sense to me, but just, just so we know, we're not saying that you go into experience with an expectation of the outcome because that could be trouble, right? (laughs) Yeah. We always say in ceremony, like, your intention and then release it and then let it go love because that sometimes, yeah like, like surrendering that's another thing like surrendering to the experience and really like yeah allowing your walls to come down in that way and just like being present for the experience throughout it and then you know post after having your team not doing things in isolation mm-hmm. <laughs> the power of community and support yep is huge 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 like it's so necessary even like in therapy right they've done all this research of like what makes therapy effective like is it the combination of antidepressants and therapy or is it like the type of therapy you do is it the setting no it's therapeutic alliance Mm -hmm. it's the relationship between the therapist and the client Mm -hmm. yeah it's being seen and held in a really safe and loving way yeah so important Doing the work in community is just... It's everything. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't, I definitely couldn't agree more for sure. So if there was a takeaway that someone could start implementing today, is there anything that you would suggest? Anything? Like I could go anywhere? Anything, anywhere that you want to (laughs) go where people could Mm -hmm. start maybe taking action. They were like, oh no, I see myself. Like, wow, maybe after today they have this awareness. They're like, oh man, I'm in a victim energy or... I've been in this, like, I've been just feeling stuck. What is one suggestion you could have that people can start actually creating some movement in their energy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a really kind of simple thing that people can do, and maybe this is like some, 
like self-coaching that we can all do is again, awareness. So bringing awareness to the thoughts that you are having. And then if you even want to dig a little deeper, you can be like, where, like, where's this thought coming from? Like, yeah. where does this come from? Why am I having this? Awareness, yeah. Right? Because behind the thought is our belief system. Mm. Our belief systems are going to inform our thoughts. So just getting curious and noticing gently, being the gentle observer, no judgment, just observing like, okay, mm -hmm. this is here. Look at this thought. As a result of this thought, what feelings are coming up for me, right? And how are those thoughts and feelings informing the way that I show up? What results are they getting me? Just starting to bring awareness to that, I think is the first step to opening yourself up to new possibilities. Beautiful. I just wanted to reflect back a quote that I also recently read by Michael Singer. And I think it's something along these lines. I might botch it, but he says like transformation happens when you realize that you're not your thoughts, but you can be the observer of your thoughts and that sets you free. And just, yeah. it so beautifully captures what you said is like the power in observation of your thoughts and how it's creating your feelings and your actions and it's so beautiful. Man, I feel like it was so fun to be able to stretch what's possible in transformation today and having like what an empowering way to look at taking control over our situation and our lives. And this is probably the biggest block that our students have is I just have this stuck energy around my situation and how I'm going about things. So this is beautiful. This gave a huge range of options to explore and start playing in this. How do you work with people? If people want to start learning from you, how does that look for you? Yeah. Yeah. So I work one-on-one -on -one with clients and do core energy coaching with them. I go by the term life coach or psychedelic integration coach. doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, when we're doing core energy coaching, it could matter less what we're talking about because what we're actually doing is creating inner energetic shifts, inner energetic transformations that once that is created, once that shift takes place internally, it's not like it's isolated to your career or to your relationships. Mm -hmm. Like When that shift happens, that shift happens and it touches every mm -hmm. area of your life. So I work one-on-one -on -one with people. My current program is a 12-week one-on-one coaching program. And it, it really does include a lot of education about energy and making energy this concept that is actually understandable, grounded, approachable, something that we can actually work with mm -hmm. and learning how to make our energy work for us instead of against us. That's what it's kind of all about. So I have that. Awesome. And then I also just launched a smaller offer for people in the psychedelic community who are just seeking psychedelic integration coaching sessions. So I have one-off integration sessions that people can book with me as well now. Amazing. So where can people find you? Are you on Instagram? Share with us any, your website. We'll definitely put all the links in the show notes so you can check out Lana's work and follow her. Do you want to share those here, your links? Yeah, thanks for asking. So yeah, I'm definitely an Instagram millennial. <laughs> um, my Modern Psychedelics account is kind of where a lot of the action happens. It's just Modern Psychedelics. And then my personal account, Lana Privick, I post a bit more just like personal development, motivation type of content and stuff. And I also just post about my life and the dance floors that I hit up. And the I also like do Muay Thai on the weekend. So I like cool. post about stuff and like my cats. So <laughs> cool. cool. Yeah. And then my websites are modernpsychedelics.net and then lanapribic.ca. 
Sweet. Thank you so much. This is so beautiful. I appreciate you sharing yourself so authentically. And I think that that's the path that we're all on, right? Is just looking to connect with ourselves deeper, more authentically. And essentially that transforms everything, our health, our life, our careers, our relationships, our relationships, ourself, our own self-love. So beautiful. So thank you so much for being here. I so appreciate you sharing all your wisdom. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And yeah, exactly what you said. Like we are so powerful and we can make the decision to begin within. That's the name of my other podcast, Begin Within. And we have so much more power than we think. I love that name. Begin Within. Yeah, Begin Within. And then everything else changes after that. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I, you guys, I hope you really enjoyed this. Janique will be back next week. I hope you guys have an amazing day. You stretched your brains a little bit and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Gutsy Health Podcast. We hope you enjoyed and learned a lot from this episode. For more updates, follow us on Instagram at Gutsy Health Podcast.